What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are going to be looking at a special magic card. This is actually, upon request, um, special thanks to uh, Veritas, who in my Twitch uh, stream, super cool dude, uh, he specifically wanted me to look at Garrick Cursed Huntsman, and I gotta say, no reason not to. This card is awesome, so let's go ahead and talk about it. So we're looking at a 6-drop Planeswalker, starting loyalty of 5. That is an awesome rate. It's perfectly fair. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. Like the card, like the mana cost for the starting loyalty here is just really good. You've got a solid body, um, as far as Planeswalkers go. And, uh, and so it does cost six and it is Golgari. So, okay, interesting. So it's four generic, one black, one green. And now he's got three, lo three loyalty abilities, no passive, mind you, um, cause that's how Planeswalkers ought to be in my opinion. No passive. Let's get the passives out of here. Those are for enchantments. Like anyway, but it does not have a single loyalty ability with a plus on it. Now, but it functions differently than the Elsbeth uh, Sun's Nemesis that we've seen that also does not have any plus abilities. In this case, Garrick has a zero. And with that zero, you create two, two, two black and green wolf creature tokens with when this creature dies, put a loyalty counter on each Garrick you control or Garuk or however you pronounce that. So that's actually really awesome because if you have all, multiple Planeswalkers that are Garrick, because there are a number of different versions of him that have been printed over the years, if you have like two or three Garricks in your deck and you have multiple of them on, this would synergize with all of them. That's bonkers. That's available to you here, which is pretty cool. And if I'm not mistaken, Garrick has always been mono green. So the fact that when he's cursed, he becomes green black fits. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, then, okay, what are what are his other abilities? He has a negative three, destroy target creature, draw a card. That's pretty cool. Like, nothing wrong with that. And then, negative six, you get an emblem with creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and have trample. So his ultimate is only one loyalty off from where he starts. And you are able to up... I mean, but you, you don't have the ability to just straight up uptick him. You have to kind of jump through some hoops in order to get that loyalty where you want it. Now, there are some ways around that. Um, there are a lot of ways around that, actually, in some pretty cool fashions. Um, pretty cool fashions? Sure. You can do cool things with this. So there are a couple of options that you have. So one, the fact that you're creating those wolf tokens, you can really lean into that and go crazy with those. And look at areas where um, cards synergize with wolves. You know, like uh, Talsimir comes to mind. He's a uh, he's a planeswalker, or not sorry, he's a legendary elf uh, who is Selesnia. So in this case, you would be looking at going Abzan. So black, green, and white, because he's white and green. So that's not crazy. That's, you know, they have one color in common, so you can make that happen. Um, and so that's, okay. So if you do end up going in that direction, if you do end up building Abzan, you, you know, you get a Tulsimir and then all of the wolves would actually get bonuses as well. So they'd become bigger um, and they're black and green. So actually the old school Tulsimir from, uh, there, there have been two versions of Tulsimir printed. One was from uh, War of the Spark, um, Tulsimir Friends of Wolves or something like that. And then um, the other one for the life of me, I cannot remember the name, but it was from the original Ravnica block, so Ravnica City of Guilds, and in that one, it, um, that one actually gets, 
you it gives plus one plus one to all green creatures and plus one plus one to all white creatures and so in this case it would create um so these wolves would become three threes and i believe tells your friends of wolves gives like a plus one plus one to all wolf creatures so that would work as well so that's a synergy you can lean into if you want to go wolf tribal he all of a sudden would fit into that strategy pretty nicely also if you're running aristocrat style effects where you want to sacrifice creatures to create cool effects um so like priest of the forgotten gods comes to mind if you have garrick and a priest of the forgotten gods down what you ultimately end up doing is you you drop garrick on turn six you use a zero. You have two wolf creature tokens. Your Priest of the Forgotten Gods just chilling there. She's a two-drop. You've presumably had her for a while. Then, as the game, you know, your opponent goes, at some point during their turn, when it's appropriate, you crack the Priest of the Forgotten Gods, sacrifice both wolves, and all of a sudden, Garrick is now a, has seven loyalty on him. And so now, next turn, you can just immediately downtick him to six, and so you've had him in play for one turn. You've gotten a, you've gotten a free trigger off your Priest of the Forgotten Gods, which is a really great effect. So just to have bodies you can just block attackers and then chuck to that is really phenomenal. That's the other thing. If you are running any kind of sacrifice effect that you can do at instant speed, always, 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 under almost no circumstances. I can't say never, because you should never say never. Um, you should almost never do it before your opponent has had a chance to swing make intercepting blockers is one of the things that you can do with things like the cauldron familiar like the cat oven combo that we all love to hate like that becomes possible or you be you're able to absorb attackers with that that's freaking sweet like and you that's value you can get out of having those extra bodies now it doesn't work if the attacker has trample or some other kind of evasion but in general, it works. It works well. And Garrett gives you the opportunity to soak up two blockers. And they, they're two twos, like with no other interventions. So you are getting some kind of bonus there. I mean, that is, that's not nothing. You can get some decent value there. Um, you could potentially kill uh, on oncoming attackers as well with those. So that's pretty great. So he protects himself. He absorbs attackers he slows things down you you get the ability to uptick him with those bodies especially if you can sacrifice them to other effects things like mutual destruction where you sacrifice a creature in order to destroy another creature like that, that that's these are exactly the bodies you want for those type of effects because the moment he down ticks all of a sudden you have a permanent overrun all of your creatures get plus three plus three and you grant trample to absolutely everything now with Planeswalker Ultimates, kind of the traditional Planeswalker design is you have some kind of plus ability that gives you a little bit of value that's fine. You have a negative ability that is significantly more value and like pretty decent. And then you have an ultimate, which if you've hit the negative ability, the chances of you actually getting to the ultimate in a, in a game is incredibly low. Um, but a lot of the old school ones, their ultimate might as well have just said you win the game. It's so powerful and so oppressive when it hits. And Garrick is... The, the design on this is awesome because Garrick's ultimate gives you an emblem that in the right circumstance, if you have... Like, if you have a board, if you have attackers, all of a sudden, they become significantly more powerful. But you're not just winning the game outright or if you are you already had an advantage if your opponent is capable of wiping the board that emblem does nothing if you don't have creatures that can attack 
this doesn't help you at all. Now the nice cool the cool thing about that is Garrick does synergize with himself in a pretty cool way. So you can zero tick him multiple times. You can just have you can create a huge army of wolves if he's allowed to go unchecked. And that alone can win you the game. Like his zero can just straight up win you the game. Because it, it like like so many other planeswalkers, it is just it's a snowball that can just pick up and just run out of control if your opponent can't respond to it. And there, it puts your opponent in an interesting conundrum, because do they want to kill the wolves? That's a tough question, and it really depends on what's around them, because the 2-2 wolf is itself a threat. That is a sizable body, and the fact that you get two of them right out of the gate, that means that there's they are tough to deal with. You need to respond to that. All right, so that's that's something. That's not nothing. And so, naturally, your opponent is going to want to kill the wolves because they're they're a threat that is going to be coming at them. But at the same time, if they kill the wolves, then they're going to be powering up Garrick and getting them closer and closer to that negative six. Or at the very least, they're able. He's able to downtick more consistently and destroy creatures and draw a card. So that's the other cool thing about Garrick is no matter what stage of the game you're in, no matter who is in charge, no matter how well the game is going, if you are dominating the board, if you already have a very strong presence and you are in control of the game, you can drop him down and just just add icing and just like smash a nail into the coffin because you're just going to immediately start creating value and start creating those wolves, which at the very least can block for you if nothing else. So you're going to just get phenomenal value there. If your opponent had like one pesky blocker, all of a sudden he's a kill spell that can get you in for the win. Like, you know, he does what you need to do if you're ahead in the game. But also, if you are behind in the game, he gives you something of value. So he does cost six. He's expensive. But as a way of just kind of turning the game around, what you can do is if your opponent has one creature that is just dominating the board, you can just throw him at six, down tick him for three, destroy the creature that's the biggest threat, draw a card so he immediately replaces himself in your hand, and you now have a Planeswalker that's chilling with two loyalty that next turn, if it goes unchecked, can start creating these wolf tokens, which could be a problem. So this is all good. There's all good stuff here. Because then the other thing about that is even if your opponent has a way to deal with Garrick, they have to spend their resources to deal with Garrick, even if that means attacking him for one turn. That's still at least two damage that doesn't go to your face. That is significant, believe it or not, or at least it can be. If it's a close game, he has the potential to really swing it no matter what part of him you use. And that's awesome. The other cool thing is, if somebody hits him with like a murderous rider, you still get the wolf creature tokens if you hit the zero. And then the other cool thing about that is, if you cast another Garrick, so if you cast him separately, or if you like use an Aid the Fallen to pull him out of your graveyard, or do something, or like an Elspeth Conqueror's Death, like third chapter pulls him back out, and those wolves die, all of a sudden, hey, guess what? He still gets those loyalty counters, because they only care that it's a Garrick you control. They don't care that the name is Garrett Cursed Huntsman. They don't care that it's the same Garrick that put them on the on the battlefield. Those wolves don't care. If Garrick is down, they will give Garrick their loyalty. It's awesome. Like, that is so cool. The other cool thing you can do with this, um, you can use Proliferate to immediately crack his ult. So if you have a creature that allows you to proliferate, um, 
Now, I can't think of any standard versions that will allow, like standard legal cards that will allow you to do this super easily. Although, I suppose there is a white spirit that when it deals combat damage, you get to proliferate. So, you can probably do it with that. Um, the name is escaping me right now. But if you had something like that that would, that would allow you to proliferate the moment you play it, on the very first turn, you can hit his ultimate. Because you just need to proliferate once to get one plus one plus one, or to get one loyalty counter on this thing. That's awesome. Awesome. It's so good. Like, seriously, you can, and the thing about that, that minus six, the thing about his alt is giving trample to an entire army and buffing them all by three is phenomenal. If you have more than three attackers, that probably is going to win you the game. Probably. Not guaranteed, depending on what board you're swinging into and what other kind of shenanigans they may have up their sleeve. But that gives you a colossal advantage. Like, it's huge. I can't speak enough to that. And so the cool thing is, this guy is in Golgari. He's Golgari. Actually, there's a th when, with, the El with the Elspeth Conqueror's Death, third chapter, if I'm not mistaken, when the when it brings a Planeswalker back, you can put a plus one, you can put one loyalty counter on it. So if you get Garrick with Elspeth Conqueror's Death, you just get to ult him immediately, if you want to. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, this card rules. It's it's phenomenal. And the thing is, at six, it is very, very expensive. And because it's very, very expensive, it's fair. Like, it has a very strong, it has a very high power level. And as a result, it is incredibly strong. But it's expensive. And because it's expensive, and only because it's expensive, you won't see it really blowing up things in standard. And the power creep which I talk about a lot on the show, things have become super fast and things have become super, um, just everything is just cranked up to 11. Everything is incredibly powerful. You get value the moment things hit the board. Um, if something costs more than five, if something costs five or six, like you had better be winning the game with it that turn or the next turn at the absolute latest. And the thing is, Garrick is a, an amazing setup piece. He's great at what he does, but he is fair. And right now, cards that are fair don't really see a ton of play. And the synergies that exist with Garrick don't align with the synergies that are currently available in Standard. Um, although, actually, there is one synergy that he has with a lot of the stuff that's going on in Standard right now that is noteworthy. So if you have, if you have him in a Yorian deck, so Yorian is the bird serpent that allows you to flicker stuff. Um, you might know it by um, the time that it flickered the agent of treachery like six times um, and you smashed your keyboard. That one, that particular bird serpent, if you have Garrick in your deck, you can do an interesting thing because with planeswalkers, um, whenever a planeswalker flickers, so when they leave the battlefield and they come back, they're treated as a brand new permanent. And as a result, you can activate their loyalty abilities again. So if you have Garrick down and you throw him out of the battlefield, you hit it at zero, then you blink him out with Yorian, put him back in, sacrifice the two tokens to something like a Woe Strider. You can then hit the negative six and you can keep Garrick online at one loyalty. Then if you can flicker him again using, you know, again, if you had Yorian and Thassa, you know, just to do some kind of 
that nonsense or if you had like charming prince or some other mechanism that would allow you to blink garrick one more time he would then blink back in with five loyalty and you can start doing it again but and you'll have the emblem at that point like you could do do that all theoretically in one turn like that's awesome because his uptick it, it only requires that the wolves be there and that the wolves die it doesn't matter if they came into play that turn or not it doesn't matter if they came into play with that garrick or not so there's a lot of cool things you can do with him but again he's a he is a very powerful setup piece and a very value very powerful value engine his you win the game mode or like his like hammer to the like knee to the throat moment um happens you know at most on turn seven unless you're running a lot of ramp which if you're running a lot of ramp there are more powerful things you can be ramping up into so it's one of those where if you were to ramp into it it's because you want to in which case i salute you go for it i want to see that deck and i want to see it work um yeah it's it's fun like you could do some really, really fun things with this guy. Actually, Migration Path, now I'm realizing, could be a fun use for him. Um, I'm just, So, perfect scenario. Turn 1, Gilded Goose. Turn 3, um, the, uh, the Giant. Or no, turn 2, you, you can hit the Giant. And then you got, what, 5 mana down on turn 3? Hmm, there's got to be a way. I'm, I'm thinking the the best way to get into a to ramp into a migration path that can get you into Garrick. Um, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to do it on turn three. I suspect there is. Somebody in the comments below, let me know. And when I say there's some way to do it on turn three, I'm referring to um, cards that are currently standard legal. That's my that's the that's the format that I'm thinking of. I have no doubt in modern, um, you know, modern or legacy with all the fast mana, you can get this guy down on turn one if you really mean to um you may have to mortgage a handful of cards in your hand but i'm sure you can do it although with chrome mox band i don't know if that's the case anymore or not chrome mox what was it mox amber or was it chrome mox anyway there's a mox that recently got banned in modern that's the one the thing i'm talking about you know the one yeah the one i think it was chrome mox anyway it doesn't matter garrick curse huntsman he's awesome also the flip side is the flavor on this guy is super cool because He's a blending of two really cool things. You have Garrick, who is this really big barbarian planeswalker who has been like the, the mono green axe wielding, like chest thumping barbarian in magic for a really, really long time. And then you also have in Eldraine, you have all of the fairy tales. And so what they did was they found Garrick, who was a, kind of this wild huntsman barbarian and what they did was they assigned this character that already existed to the role of the Huntsman from Snow White. And that's kind of fun. That allows them to leverage a character that we already know, that we already love, that also we haven't seen in a very long time. Like, Garrick hasn't been part of the story for, I want to say, like, three, four years or something like that. Like, it, he's been out of the picture for quite a while. And... Uh, and all of a sudden, like he's back, and he fills a role of the in the fairy tale realm in kind of a cool, fun way. Like I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do that more. Although I suppose with War of the Spark and everything, you know, a whole bunch of people dying. Like, all right, I guess. Um, I suppose it it's not illogical that they didn't go. I mean, when I say a whole bunch of people, I mean Gideon and Dak. Like that's really it. But anyway, whatever. Dak Faden, who didn't even appear on a card in War of the Spark. What the hell? Anyway, sorry. Totally different rant for a totally different um, 
totally different podcast. But uh, I thought that was cool. That was a, it was an elegant way of taking a property and a character that already existed and putting them into a world in a way that made sense. And that was just efficient. Like, and I have a lot of respect for that. And I think they should do more stuff like that. Like, if they have more sets that are that are themed that in that kind of a way, I'd I'd like to see this stuff more. Anyway, so this has been Garrett Curse Huntsman. Super cool. So Veritas, shout out. Um, this one's for you, buddy. And uh, yeah, it's just tons of fun. I hope you're having an awesome day, awesome night, staying safe out there, washing your hands, all that fun stuff. Take care of the people you love by staying as far away from them as you possibly can during these crazy times, and I will catch you next time.